Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Joshua, Yoshua, Sefer Yoshua. We are studying chapter 9. And in the last podcast, we completed chapter 8. And we did the first two verses of chapter 9 because they were really the end of chapter 8. I want to remind you, of those two verses and how why it's important that we connect them to the end of chapter 8 because it is a perfect lead-in to this next chapter which we're about to read chapter 9 so if you recall after the the people of Israel conquered the city of Ai Yoshua gathered all the people together to read to them the Torah and to teach them that this war of conquest is a war a moral, a just war, a war against idolaters that had abominable practices, and a war um, that uh, was meant to establish monotheism as a system of morality in the world. Um, and that Joshua was reminding them after their first major victory in battle that didn't have clear, obvious uh, miraculous help from God. There were some miracles in I, but nothing to like the level that happened at Yericho. He didn't want it to get to their heads, so to speak. He wanted to remind them of the purpose here. We demonstrated that during that gathering, there were gerim, there were converts, people that had joined the Jewish people. And we also mentioned that Yoshua was following the instructions that had been given to the people in Deuteronomy, which was to sue for peace first. I know that that was disagreeing with Rashi's understanding, but it is consistent with the understanding of the Ramban and the Rambam. And it's also, I neglected to point out when I mentioned it before, consistent with Chazal. There is a Medrash in Devarim that the rabbis mentioned that Yehoshua offered the people of Canaan peace first and that they had the opportunity to make peace with the uh, people of Israel. And there was also a Yerushalmi at, in Talmud, Yerushalmi as well, that says the same thing. So it's very um, consistent. Now, um, the, uh, the issue here, that this is important because it helps us understand what we're about to read. Um, and, and for some reason, I'm not sure why, the, the Rashi's approach to the she, seven nations it seems to be what uh, the more pervasive one, the one that has seemed to be more, more accepted, but even though it, it kind of goes against the simple reading of the Psukim in, in Devarim and, and against the understanding of the two Chazals, which I just mentioned. Now, um, the, so we mentioned that at the end of chapter 8. I'm sorry, I have to get back to that. And then the, at, right, immediately after mentioning this ceremony of reading the Torah, reading the blessings and the curses of the Torah, it says that the, all of the kings of the, of, the, of, Can, of the Canaanites gathered together and all the other nations that inhabited the land, the other seven nations that inhabited the land of Israel. And they decided, once they heard about um, the you know destruction of Yericho and I, and and they heard the reading of the Torah, 
And the moral message that Yoshua was trying to teach, this is why it's so important that it's connected, because it's connected to the teaching of the Torah. They got together and said, we're going to fight it. They'd gathered together in order to wage war. Emphasizing, the verses here are emphasizing again this idea, which is crucial to understanding Yoshua. And I'm sorry if I repeat it again and again, but I'm repeating it because it's repeated in the Psukim verses over and over and over again that they, want, they were against this idea of the Torah that Yahushua was trying to introduce. And they refused to make peace with it, and instead they banded together and made an alliance against Yahushua. So they understood that this was an ideological war, and they consciously decided to wage the ideological war. Understanding that, there were some people among the Canaanites who did want to make peace and want to join the Jewish people, but they were afraid to do so because of the backlash that they would suffer from those other, the, the other nations. They knew right away that if we go ahead and join the Jewish people, we will create a whole lot of enemies. So they needed to come up with another um, approach. I've seen several commentaries, more modern commentaries. Most specifically, I read a similar explanation to what I'm saying in, in uh, Michael Hatton's book uh, in the Magid series of Tanakh, uh, published by Koran Publishers, where he takes a similar approach to what I'm saying now. There are other commentaries that do it too, but he kind of lays it out nicely. A little different than me, but the same basic idea that the reason for what we're about to read was primarily, and in the context, it makes so much sense. Yoshua teaches the Torah. The people of Canaan then go ahead and say, we're against that. We're ready to fight that, which is why that Parsha is together. And now, Yoshve Givon, those people, and this is verse 3. I'm starting chapter 9 with verse 3 because 1 and 2 were connected to before. The chapter divisions being the way the Jewish chapter divisions are, not the way the Christian chapter divisions are, because it's wrong to put those two verses as the heading of this parsha. Those two verses should be the end of the last one. Yoshve Gibon, the people that resided in Gibon, Shamu, they heard They heard that which Yoshua had done to Yericho and I. They heard this message. And they wanted to join Yehoshua. They wanted to save themselves. They wanted to join the Israelites. So they came up with it. But if they knew that if they were going to do this, they would... Um, Rashi understands they were trying to save themselves because the Canaanites were condemned to death no matter what. But that's not really how this works. What they, were, they were trying to save themselves from death at the hand of Yoshua, but they wanted to join Yoshua, and they were even more afraid, and we'll see in the context how clear this is, they were even more afraid of the Canaanites. So they, they, so they therefore decided to do something tricky. And they went and they disguised themselves. And they took sackcloths, that were worn out and threw them over their donkeys. You know, the, the, the sacks that are, they placed on the donkeys, they made them worn out as if they had been on a long trip. Venodos yayin balim. And worn out um, skins for water. These would carry water and leather skins. That were cracked and they were patched up with patches like one would put when they're on the road. Unalos balos and worn out shoes, umitulaos piragleam, and 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 uh, 
that were that were torn up and patched up on their feet. And the clothing they put on were also worn as if they were on a long journey. And they took bread with them that was dried and 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 falling apart and crummy. Um, and they approached Joshua and, and the camp where they were camped at Gilgal looking in like this, like they had just come from a long journey. And they said to Joshua, the Elish Israel, and to the people of Israel, they said as follows, <coughs> We have come from a faraway land. We're not one of these Canaanites that have just declared ourselves to be enemies of yours, but rather we want to make peace with you. We want to make a covenant, a treaty with you. And the people replied to the Givonites who were actually Chivites. They were actually Hivites, which were one of the seven nations. Maybe, maybe you live amongst our land. Maybe you live in our land, Israel, because they're claiming this as us, our land now, right? Maybe you live there. How could we make a covenant with you if you have, guys, you have just made a covenant against us. You've just declared yourselves to be the enemies. If you are one of the Hivites, the Hivites have just, so you're, 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 you're coming in, your idea is to destroy us. You're trying to play tricks on us. They said to Yeshua, we are your servants. And Yeshua said to them, So then, who are you? If you're not one of the Hivites, and from where have you come? We have come from a very faraway land. And because of the, the, of the fame and the... Um, and the reputation of the Lord your God. Kishamanu Shamo, we have heard his news, we heard all about him, and all the things that he has done in Egypt. And we also heard that which he did to the kings of the Amorites, who are on the other side of the Jordan. Do you know what Moses did? and Og, the two kings of the Amorites that were conquered under Moshe on the eastern side of the Jordan. So our elders said to us, and all the people living in our land, take the supplies that you need for the road and go greet them. And tell these people of Israel, we are your servants. We want to make a covenant with you. We want to join you. This bread of ours, which was hot, when we packed it up in our homes back where we lived. When we left to come to you. And look, now it's all dried up and crummy. These are the jugs of wine that we filled up with new wine. And look, they're all cracked. These are our clothing and our shoes. And they all are worn out from this long road. And the people looked at the evidence. The people of Israel looked at the evidence and they did not ask God for advice whether these people were for real or not. So Yeshua made peace with them by and he made for them, with them, a covenant to allow them to live. And the leaders of the community swore to them that they would keep them safe and allow them to live. 
Note that they did not mention in when they talked about what God did, the things that he had just done to Yericho and I. They talked about Egypt, they talked about the old victories. Again, part of their ruse to show that they had come from a faraway land. Had they been in this land, they would have known about what had just happened. But since they came from a faraway land, it's, pl- it's much more plausible to, for them to say that we heard the old stuff, but the new st- news we haven't yet heard. And it was about three days after they made this agreement with them. The news came and they figured out that actually they were neighbors. They were from the Hivites. They lived there in the land of Israel with them. And they lived within the land of the Israelites. So the people of Israel went and traveled to their city where they originated. Uh, on that third day, in the cities which they had originally inhabited were these cities which are on the central Israel, right near where they were. However, so they knew and they checked the place where they came from and they found that these people were actually, had played this ruse. But the people of Israel did not strike them because the so, so a lot of people, I just want to mention, use this story of the Givonites to prove Rashi's understanding correct. That Because if they had offered peace to everyone, why did the Givonites need to pull this ruse? Why did they need to play these tricks? The Ramban, Nachmanides, has some explanations, but the explanation that I gave is kind of similar to some of the Ramban's explanations, but it just makes so much more sense and it reads so beautifully into the Psukim. The Givonites played this game because they were afraid of the Canaanites, not because they were afraid of the Israelites. And and to and, and even to support this contention even more, we'll find out and read very soon that the Givonites did very soon shortly suffer the wrath of the Canaanites. Kinishbuham Nesiehaida the, 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 re- the reason why the Jews did not strike the Givonites when they found out that they had, that they had played this trick on them, they, um, uh, they did not harm them because they had made uh, a shvua. They had sworn to them that they would allow them to live by God's name, the God of Israel, and the people were angry against the uh, leaders. Why did you make this trick? Why did you agree to this trick? And the, the, maybe these guys are imposters. They're trying. To, they, they their, their peace isn't real. They they're really not loyal, etc., etc., etc. And the leader said to the entire community, "We swore to them by God's name, and we're not allowed to touch them. We cannot harm them, even though this shavua technically is not valid because it was made under mistaken circumstances." But they still refused and they st- to break their vow, which is again an extremely important um, demonstration to the people of Canaan that the people of Israel are different. Their morals, the ethics are different and their word is solid. This we will do for them, we will allow them to live. So there should be no reaction of anger on God against us, because of this, because of the shvua, because of the oath that we had made to them. Now, this ketzef, this anger, might be anger of the Canaanites, because you didn't keep your shvua, but it probably more likely means they're afraid of God's anger. And then the leader said to them, Yichyu, 
right? They shall live. And they said they wanted to serve us so we, they can uh, chop wood and draw water for the community. We will allow them to serve us just like the leaders had told them. And Yoshua called the people and told them as follows. Why did you fool us, Lamar, to say oh, that we came from a faraway place? But you live among us. Yoshua's question, according to Rashi's understanding, doesn't make that much sense. What do you mean, Lama Rimisem? Why did you fool us? Yoshua, it, it would know very obviously why they fooled us. If they were slated for death and offers of peace were not, and they, they were not extended to them, right? then of course they fooled them because they were fooling them to save their lives. No, Yoshua was asking them this question because why did you have to come in trickery? We offered you peace terms. You could have just come back and said, yes, we'll take it. We'll take the deal. We'll, we'll be peaceful with you. Why did you have to do it through trickery? That's the reason. You should have, if you really believed in God and you really wanted to join us, then why were you afraid of the Canaanites? Why were you afraid of them? You should have just joined us out in the open. And you would have been welcomed with open arms, just like the Geirim, the converts that I just mentioned that were here with us when we read the Torah. Viata, and now Arurim Atem, you are cursed. Vuloyi Koresmikem Eved. And from now on, the rest of your descendants' lives, there will always be, you will always be in servitude. Vichot Ve'etzim, you will be woodchoppers of Shoa Ve'mayim and drawers of water, Levesel Ohoi, for the house of my God. In other words, you will serve the temple. And as we know, that their descendants, all the way down to the time of, of Ezra and Nehemiah in the beginning of the second temple period, some eight, 800 years later, the descendants of the Givonim were still doing the same service. Vayanu et Yoshua, and they answered Joshua and Vayomer, and they said, Ki avdo. It was told to your servants, us, that which God commanded Moses, his servant, to give them the entire land, and to destroy all of the residents of the land from before you. We were very afraid. That's why we did this. And remember, the Givonim did not trust. They didn't know. They knew that the, that the Israelites were there to destroy and conquer. But they didn't know about the morals. They didn't know that the Israelites were, were going to keep their word. They didn't know that when they were offered peace, that it would be taken and the Israelites would keep their word. This, the way they're being treated now, that, that the Israelites are keeping their word and keeping them safe despite the trickery, is something that the Gibeonites did not know. Piata and now Hinnu Vyadecha, we are under your hands. You can do with us however you feel is proper. And this is what he did. Yoshua saved them from the hands of the Israelites because the Israelites wanted to kill them because of their trickery, but Yoshua as the leader did not allow them to do so. And Yoshua placed them on that day appointed them as as woodchoppers and water carriers for the community and for the altar of God until this day into the place where God would choose because we knew that eventually as the Torah had said 
God would choose a place for the tabernacle to stop traveling and rest and build a permanent home, which eventually became the temple in Jerusalem. Thank you so much for studying chapter 9 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 10 together. And we will continue uh, the story of the Givonites and see why their, how their fears of, of retribution from their fellow Canaanites were eventually realized. Looking forward to studying chapter 10 and the rest of this book of Joshua together.